Hey teachers of littles out there, yeah you, we see you. Tired of pinning, Facebook grouping, and hoping you struck idea gold? Are you at your wits end and need a safe space to feed you and get the support you need both in and out of the classroom? Then this podcast is for you. Join Renee Pena Lopez, an early childhood learning specialist who is in the fray with you. Get ready to have an honest and real conversation around early childhood and the challenges of play for littles while learning to connect the dots through guided play strategies. Get ready to sit back and listen in on today's conversation. The magic of littles starts now. Hey, teachers of littles out there. Um, at the time of this recording, it is say after Halloween. Um, and it makes me think about, you know, is this, is it just me? Like I'm thinking about, uh, the day after such an exciting event and like the pace of my classroom and, um, no, is it just me that you know, I was talking to a teacher friend and they were saying, like, is it just me that, uh, you know, the kids are coming in a bit younger than what they were um, last year in terms of maturity, in terms of, like, ability? Um, even my five-year-old have noticed. Um, and one thing I've had to say to her is simply... Uh, you know, last year was a different experience for so many children that, you know, some kids came in person, some came halftime, some were remote, some were home for a year, you know, 18 months um, with just their families. And so that whole of experiences all coming together in one classroom and it's, you know, and it's, it's, it's frustrating because she was like, but we have all this stuff to do, you know? Um, you know, the expectations are, as my teacher friend said it, are like back to normal, right? And so this episode is not so much about, like, I talk about challenging behaviors a lot, um, but I also talk about how to use play for connection and so I think throughout the school year it'll be less about I mean I know we all think um big challenging behaviors but also let's think about the small ones right like the transitions and um and a transition could be as simple as from home to school uh, that ability to like switch on going, oh, I'm in school and this has a different set of rules and expectations. Like that is taking some time to get into, depending on how many kids you have in your classroom, but I'm sure you're seeing it's taking time to develop. Um, and I had this like innate ability to say like, I need to record this. Like this feels like a capsule in time. Um, you know, and so what I said to my teacher friend was like, I don't know if it's so much about behavior as much as about disconnect and expectations. And she was like, I completely agree with that. Um, but then it made me think about 
what is, you know, what is fair, right? And I've, I've said this before, if you've heard me speak in other presentations, that, you know, fair isn't um, everyone getting the same thing. Fair is everyone getting what they need to be successful. And the challenge of that this year, um, and, you know, when we talk about intervention, we often talk about gaps, and the challenge of that is that, it is in so many different levels, right? Like as my insightful five-year-old has pointed out. Um, and so it made me think about going back to basics. And as we move into this like unusual year, um, and I feel like, right, because I can't say like, I feel like if I say pandemic or like, <laughs> like, just keep perpetuating that there's a pandemic. So, you know, I'm going to say unusual. Um, and then usually it's going to like, but we're all thinking like, when is it going to go back to normal? I don't know if it is, right? Like I don't have those answers, but what answers I do have is about when we're going back to basics and we're looking at, you know, children and we're looking at like, and I constantly do this, um, what I am teaching is like, you know, meet the children where they're at. And like, today's a good example. Like, I'm already mentally prepping myself to be like, we might feel a little jaggy, you know, or like overly excited or, um, you know, unsure of how to process a big day, um, such as a celebration of trick or treating and those, uh, events being different than or feeling different because one or two years ago you might have just not done it at all or you might have um done like a smaller different version where it was like a candy exchange or trunk exchange or you might done like you know just around the block kind of thing or um just in your building and so if you live in an apartment building um and so that was really, those experiences shape us, right? And so thinking about like meeting kids where they're at is such a hard challenge um, because it takes time, right? You're taking their interests and it's taking time to like have these relationships unfold um, in the classroom, outside the classroom. And everyone, right, from teachers to parents, because I am both, um, and trying to juggle this, like, unfolding, you know, and, and getting used to this expectations of each other. Um, and so when you're, when you, you've done your assessments, right, like, you're probably prepping at the time, and it's recording for parent-teacher conference, but look at your assessments this year, especially as, like, a learning profile, right? Like getting to know you, getting all the family intel and realize that the data you're collecting and, and I've said this in like planting seeds, but the data you're collecting may not be the data that you're going to like all use. Um, and when you're in an episode, I talk about planting seeds is that you might be that 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 might be the season for it, right? Like this might be the season of just that, like 
planting the seeds for the need of different supports, planting the seeds for different routine changes, planting the seeds for um, uh, different expectations and what school can be. So like the next grade, be it um, kindergarten, be it first, and be it second, that like that that transition gets smoother, if that makes sense. And I know it's so early in the year to talk about that, but sometimes when we're looking at something as so big as differentiating like play and instruction, um, reading instruction, that it can feel overwhelming. So my number one tip is I always look at, you know, I look at the data, which I'm sure everyone does, um, and I think about like the emotional child of the age. I remember I had a student that like uh, he was highly verbal um, on his uh, particular document. It says selective mutism, but yet like his emotionality was at least you know six to eight months younger than what <clears throat> than what he was like. I what. I seen him capable at home, right? Opposed to his peers in like a social setting. And I think talking about the expectations, you know, if you, as you head into conferences and as you plant the seeds this year, you talk about like the expectations of a class of art, you know, be honest, it's completely different, especially when you're juggling more bodies and hands and needs and, um, family expectations. And so I I am not ashamed to say like, um, that like, you know, that's hard. Right. And so I I know I'm like probably preaching to the choir, but the affair isn't about everyone getting the same thing and making time and space in your routine, and it could be as simple as, you know, how do you listen in during choice playtime, right? Like, or during recess, right, where it's more free play. And you might notice a child is having an issue of, like, wanting others into their game, right? Um, Right, like, let's break down these bigger goals into something smaller and more palatable um, so that we are able to then really create that longing change. I think um, the overwhelmingness of this year is that you, and I'm feeling it too. So, you know, teaching to myself is like, you feel like you have to do all the things all at once because it's coming out in so many different ways. Um, but you don't, right? And so let's take a breath, right? And, um, you know, look at the child that you have. And I, you know, I do it for my own child, right? Like sometimes I'm like, oh, I have to like get this done for you and get that done for you. And like, we have to go over these things. And like, I had to peer back and say like, what is the one thing I know that can help you move forward. And I think if you make like a simple list, right, of every child in your classroom and just write down literally like the one thing to help them move forward. And if you are really, um, uh, what's the word, uh, 
in a mood you can do for different subjects, right? So you could do for language arts, you can do for math, you can do for, you know, so on and so forth. Um, but if it's, it's, if it's just as simple as like the one thing you feel like can change a child's um, game is transitions, then, 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 excuse me, then that's it. Um, I ran into uh, a parent that I taught her child and she was like, you just made my child love school again. Like, and that laid such a big foundation that the next, you know, school year and the next school year after that made learning accessible for her, right? And so I know we're all thinking like, oh my goodness. And it's, you know, it's a system. I know I'm kind of being like a rebel. We're like, fight the system. But um, but it's not a fighting the system. It's about like, you know, everyone's burned out, right? Like I was going to say teachers, but like everyone is burned out. And so how do we deal with this like feeling of like overwhelm and burnt outness is to go back to basics and um, keeping it simple in that way. And so it's easier said than done, right? Like it's always, it's always one of those concepts that it's like, Oh yeah. Like, that sounds so much easier in this way, but then I still have to get all this done. And I'm not saying like ignore the other things. I'm saying like for your lesson planning or for your um, you know emotional well being of feeling like um, you're not you're not like making a difference. You are right, and so this might be the season to just plant those seeds and being okay with that and. Um, figure out what seeds are the ones you want to plant for each child in your classroom. Right. So that's my number one tip during this crazy, crazy, um, unusual year when we thought we were just all going back to normal, but, um, it's just another shift. So I would love to hear from you. Um, of what you thought about this episode. If you really, really love this episode, jump into um, a review in your favorite podcast and like leave comments because um, I'm always trying to prove the podcast. And then if you want to share any uh, other takeaways you've had, jump into our amazing Facebook group on the Magic Littles Club um, where we're becoming like this awesome resource and uh, freebie library for you to use for a new classroom. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else that like blew out of my mind. I'm looking at my notes. I'm a big note taker. Um, but I think that's it. And I think, you know, I just want to give you a big virtual hug out there. And, you know, I know you, everyone trying to keep their head above water, but big virtual hugs, big virtual hugs. And I will see you on the flip side. Okay. Bye. Hey there, this is Renee just popping in at the end of this um, podcast episode just to give a little bit of a reminder that you can continue the conversation with other amazing teacher littles just like yourself. We're lifelong learners and we continue the conversation at the Magic of Littles Club and Facebook group where we share lots of value, lots of ideas about um, playful solutions and intervention. Okay, that's where we rethink intervention. Catch you there. Bye.